That's hundred. guys good evening good evening definitely appreciate you guys tapping up back in with us here at monday night take this time around man we're having a big time event here tonight we got ai machine learning and understanding chat gpt in 2023 and we brought none other than the man himself dr ayanu um someone that i've known for the past few years you know he was talking this stuff you know, from the day I met him, he was like, you know, Lawrence, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you about this, teach you about that. Every time me and him have a conversation, extremely high level, we learn a lot. So I definitely want to say, yo, I appreciate you coming in here tonight. And, um, you know, thank you and, and welcome. I'll let you introduce yourself and then I'll get it get to asking some of these questions, man. Got a lot of a lot of things to discuss tonight. Oh, thank you so, so much, Lawrence, for having me. Uh, it's uh, two years, three years coming now, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, we've been having really, really great conversations on the back channel, um, discussing things around AI, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, way before ChatGPT3 became a thing, <laughs> you know, um, I've been screaming the, uh, the, the, the noise or blowing my trumpet on the AI uh, bandwagon. You'd hear me say many times that, uh, you know, I'll rather be known as the AI guy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. And so um, just to introduce myself to the audience, my name is uh, Yanu, but everybody have a PhD in machine learning and artificial intelligence. You know, I am also the CEO of Zitius, an AIML consulting company uh, that really focuses on driving emerging new technologies um, across government agencies. I also, as Lawrence knows, I also have uh, an application that I've been building for, I don't know, donkey years now. <laughs> I've been saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um, that is truly powered by AI and uh, really excited to be here, really excited to get into the conversation today. You know, I have a master's in bioinformatics, I have a bachelor's in computer science, you know, so I'm a tech uh, geek, you know, I spend a lot of my time writing codes uh building robots and um you know just the whole the whole nine yards when it comes to computer programming and things like that so uh lawrence as you know i'm really excited to be here really excited to get into the conversation uh and let's get it rolling <laughs> definitely man so yeah you know i definitely got you know a few questions for you to pretty much start off but what got you into ai machine learning like what what really got you into starting this what what made you take up this information like, like, how did you get your start and how can someone that, you know, may know nothing, you know, become you one day? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you see, uh, you know, I, I, uh, while I was growing up, I had a specific challenge, um, in life and, um, you know, five members of my family were going through really critical, um, sicknesses at the time. And, uh, I actually spoke a little bit about this on my, um, Ted talk. You know, and so basically I started really thinking, how can I help to solve this problem? Two of them had cancers mm -hmm. and um, I was like, OK, you know what? Like, what would I what can I do to help to resolve this situation? So I started looking at 
you know, how how can I structure the problem? What tools can I use? You know, and I realized I couldn't do uh, medicine because mm -hmm. that was just not my thing, you know. So, but I really wanted to influence that space. So what yeah. I decided to do was do my master's in artificial intelligence mm -hmm. because I knew that artificial intelligence would create or will give me the opportunity to, to identify new things that really didn't exist in the AI space. Yeah. Um, and so I looked at protein sequences for my master's program. And basically what I was trying to figure out was, you know, can I identify potential biomarkers for specific diseases that could be sort of used um, uh, in a ther therapeutic or drug uh, drug space? So I moved from there uh, and then I did my PhD and my PhD was, you know what, I'm going to go back to really now zoning on specific diseases. So I looked at diabetes. I looked at uh, rhabdomyosarcoma, which was very confusing for me to pronounce at the time. Um, you know, but, you know, that's how I started getting interest. One, I'm just really interested in solving complex problems. It's just kind of like you, right? When you say, you know, I'm out here and I'm trying to really help people yeah. in financial literacy. Um, it's the same thing with me when it comes to AI. I'm like, what are the complex problems that are out there and how can we use artificial intelligence to solve them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, nah, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, you know, one thing that I picked up from what you said was just kind of how you went kind of like step by step with it, which yep. I think is super important. And that's yep. what I always say with anything. You know, a uh, second question I have, you know, you hear a lot of I, I feel like a lot of times you hear people hear people say, hey, well, AI is taking over. AI is going to take your job. Um, you know, is AI good or bad? Like, what's your take on that on that question that I, that kind of seems to be floating around the past few years here? What is AI good or bad to you? Because in my opinion, I just think it's about who programs it and program it to do what is really the determining factor of that. But I want to get your take on it being, yeah. a, being on the design side. Like what what would cause something to go wrong with 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 an AI, right? With a yeah. something program like what would be the issues or problems that you see arising? from this space as it grows continuously? Yeah, so really, really great question, I must say. Um, you know, is AI good or bad? That's been a question that we've always, you know, had rooms around even while we were on uh, on uh, on the Clubhouse app, right? You know, and the, the issue here is, you know, who is handling it, right? Who is building it? What's their purpose behind it? You know, what are they trying to accomplish? Now, the thing is, you might be building something for good, but might have negative impacts, right? So we've seen like in the social media era, you know, that uh, as people use social media, social media has been really great for connecting with people. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people have de developed depression and just a whole lot of crazy things out of the same tool that is used to spread good message. You and I use social media as a tool to convey message, right? Like, you know, you share investment stuff i share investment stuff i share ai stuff you know uh but the same tool is used to you know like discriminate the same tool is used to create you know havoc right so the idea here is who is who is handling it right and mm -hmm. ai has been used negatively to your point you know to cause a lot of harm yeah also ai has been used to create groundbreaking research in the health space, right? You know, even in the financial space, right? You know, so the idea is who is handling it? 
and how they're using it, you know, and if we can get to the bottom of that, like, I think we can answer the question, or, you know, also, I think another good point you brought up is, would AI take our jobs? I think a lot of people are so worried about AI taking jobs, mm-hmm. and I think it's possible, right? But at the same time, I look at AI as uh, a tool that actually supports us mm-hmm. getting work done. So you mm-hmm. and I look at like Seeking Alpha or Simple Invest, right? Or Finvis to make decisions, right? Now mm-hmm. you can go on ChatGPT3, for example, and ask the exact same question mm-hmm. that you would have had to search on Seeking Alpha and get mm-hmm. the answer right on your, or your fingertips, right? Yes. So it's really a supporting tool. I typically like to view it as a supporting tool. Uh, I believe that it has the potential to do some harm, you know, and I think that's why the ethical spaces of AI is beginning to rise now around interpretability, (laughs) transparency, you know, like, okay, you're building this AI tool, right? But what is it doing on the back end, right? Ethical AI, you know, so I think as as it begins to evolve, some of these issues will begin to rise up. And I think government policies would would come up. You know, I heard UK and US trying to strike some policy agreements around AI like about three or four four days ago. Mm-hmm. So some of these policies will start actually helping help to improve, you know, its usefulness and to reduce its harm to the society. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you you brought up a, another thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, you having, you know, partnered and, you know, been been behind the scenes on a lot of this stuff that we kind of see happening now. Could you give us some insight to some things that you can? I understand some information may be classified, but insight on, you know, what is the overall goal from these from a government standpoint in the use of AI technology? Because a lot of people, I think, are, you know, ignorant to that. Like what what is the overall goal that you can say overall that the government is looking to utilize when it comes to AI and machine learning? Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, um, a lot of agencies have been sort of backward as it mm-hmm. pertains to, you know, AI, the AI space. So, you know, I think now there's a lot more push to get yeah. into the space to better understand what's going on so yeah. that we can, you know, so that policies can be created around it. You know, and this is uh, I do not represent any government agency. Um, so just to be clear, but uh, I think, you know, from just my thoughts and my opinions around like where I see a lot of agencies going. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's more to the effect of let's get into this space. Let's understand what's really, really going on. You know, mm-hmm. so also it's one thing to have an AI system, right? Mm-hmm. But basically you have all this data, you know, that is used to train this AI, you know, that can produce biases, right? For mm-hmm. the black and brown community and for, you know, so, the goal is to be able to start to figure out what they call fairness. You know, how do we become fair while addressing, you know, this issue? So I'll give you an example. Say, for example, you know, uh, people are looking for jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a database that has, you know, a representation all across the board, but there's a higher representation of a specific race or a specific gender. Uh, to the others, right? Would the AI then predict more female for that job or more males for that job than it would, you know, for the other counterparts, all right? So I think there's a push to be more fair, you know, um, and there's a push not to basically misrepresent, you know, your, your, your population size, if you will. 
Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, it makes a lot of what you just said there makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I also wanted to, uh, you know, ask you a, another question, you know, when it comes like right now, right. You, you talked, you talked about you being on the development side of robots, right. And, and, and having built robots, you know, being on the development side, what can you touch on that? Like where, do, what do you think about the safety and effectiveness of robots? Cause you know, people have seen all these movies of, you know, Terminator, you know, things gone wrong, viruses, all this different stuff. Right. So so what's your what's your take on on robots and their use? I know some some people are seeing now, you know, obviously the army is definitely utilizing robots, you know, a, a lot more. You see, you know, robot watchdogs, you see all you know, you see all this different technology. And um, I think there was just even a you know, you start to see you watch stuff on Netflix and. You see, uh, you know, robot cops and just different stuff. Could you could you highlight that and talk about that? Yeah, you. I mean, you bring up a really good point. Um, like, it goes back to the good and evil thing, right? Um, I think that, like, for us and for our company, one of the things that we want to be able to do, and when I say this, and I'll get back, to, I'll answer your question also more appropriately. But for our company, one of the things that we want to be able to do is to figure out, like basically what are some of these um, really daunting or like stressful tasks that people currently do today? Mm -hmm. you know, and how can we use, you know, robotic process automation to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm sure when you want to do your taxes, right? You have to gather all this information, right? Like, right. you know, with investments also, like you, you do dozens of trades or you know, hundreds of thousands of trades every year. I see you with the Excel sheets, like writing, like you know, mm -hmm. uh, your your how do you how do I say it? Your um, your position for the next week, like okay, this is this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm looking. These levels, these are the levels I'm looking at, right? But you have to do it manually, right? right. But imagine if you had a computer system that did all of that work for you, right? That. You get what I'm saying? That literally relieves you of all of that yeah. stress. Yeah. But you still have to be able to, it still requires a little bit of human intervention, right? Because you don't you have want to understand to it. You yeah. have to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to understand how it works because if you don't understand how it works, then basically when it goes off track, then, you know, you, you stand the risk of, you know, I used to share this with people. I was like, oh, when you build robots, for trading, for example, right? Nah, that was about that. I was, I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> robots for trading, for example, right? Yeah. If you and I were trading, like you know, options, just like one contract, right? Mm -hmm. Still fine, right? But when you start trading, like one thousand contracts, right? Like some of those positions take some time to fill, yeah, right? It's a lot. If you, yeah, so you, so you fit, so essentially the robot gets executed when mm -hmm. the first hundred or five hundred gets filled, and then if you're not careful. The other, you know, ones that are yet to execute might, exactly. you know, might just fail off, right? Might mm -hmm. just go the wrong way. Why? Because it executed the first uh, 100 or 200 contracts, but the other contracts are, you know, basically waiting. And when they execute, you're already out of the trade. So <laughs> basically yeah. it results in a loss. And so it's really, really very important, not just to, you know, treat robots as an answer to a prayer, but more have the ability to monitor what the robot is doing, you know, and manually also once in a while inspect, 
you know its performance yeah yeah nah because I, I and i and i see uncle charles he, he just uh posted something he said if you guys think these large institutions won't be using this to trade it will allow them to get in and out so much faster than a human 100 of course yeah man 100 because i mean when like to the point that doc made i don't want people to you know gloss over it you know you, you're trading at you start trading at a higher volume higher level you know, it takes time for those orders to fill, even not even a thousand contracts, even a hundred contracts, hundreds, yep. even a hundred, you know, so, you know, it's definitely key, you know, what you just highlighted right there. Um, and you said, you talked a little bit about the bots, man. Um, you know, you got a lot of people and I know you're going to laugh about this. You got a lot of people that have claimed they have a bot that can make people money, bot this, bot that. Can can we get some information to really to break this down? Because, you know, what is the likelihood of someone creating a successful trading bot? Because I've seen some people say, hey, I got this bot. And then, you know, it works on simulation. But then when it's time, to <laughs> perform, it, it, it doesn't work, bro. So I mean, can we can we talk about that? And 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 what's the process? First off, what's the process of them creating it? Because they try to make it seem like I, they did all of this and they put in all this work to create a bot, and then the bot doesn't perform. So for me, bro, I'm all with the AI and technology, but I don't. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the bot stuff. So I want to. I, yeah. I want I, I want us to break that down. And I'm sure there's probably someone that's maybe watching this tonight that may have got gotten by some of the bot people. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So you see, um, larger institutions have, you know, like very, very smart people. You know, like I work with uh, a guy from, I worked with a guy from TD Ameritrade the other you know, time. And I was asking him, I was having conversations with him about, about this while we're trying to create a streaming uh, system for our application, right? Um, Here's the deal. A lot of big organizations have like cybersecurity expert, experts, AWS developers, and, you know, all of these individuals that come together to really help to make sure that all the, all the I's and T's, all the I's and T's are, are dotted, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, a friend of mine reached out to me and told me, oh, you, you know what, I'm using LSTM. LSTM is a very popular machine learning approach, you know, um, long short-term memory is what it's called you know um and it's a, a a machine learning approach that has the ability to memorize what's happened before so if you think about that application in the stock market it it, yes. it should have the ability in quote right to mimic what has happened previously before and probably you know gain some intelligence from it and then use that to feed off of what might be happening in the future well, the long and short of it is I asked him, okay, you know what, let's, what did they test it on? And he said, well, they tested it on, I've forgotten the name of the specific ticker. He said it, they tested it on. I said, well, I think you should get that GitLab code and test it on other <laughs> tickers and see what the performance looks like. Then he started testing it on all the um, other tickers and, right, you know, why? Because essentially you can just go, are you there? Lawrence, I may have lost you. I am waiting for Lawrence. I think you'll be joining us anytime soon. Hang tight. Sorry, guys. Lawrence would be joining us momentarily. Let me make sure.
Hang tight, everyone. Still waiting for Lawrence to join. There you go. There I go. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> sure. I'm not sure what happened, man. I got <laughs> no worries um, at all. So yeah, the bots got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they ain't like that. Go ahead. <laughs> So, you know, I would just encourage people to be very careful about, you know, what they use for like trading as it pertains to bot. I would recommend people to actually learn how to trade manually, like actually do the stuff yourself, yeah. understand your strategy very, very well before you start using a bot that you do not understand how the individual who programmed it did it. You know, it might work for X ticker, but it might not necessarily work for Y ticker. It might work in this specific situation and circumstances, but it wouldn't necessarily work in other circumstances. So it's really, really important to understand. As a matter of fact, I have found that at least 85% of the bot out there do, do not work. Yeah, that's you what know, I was going to ask you. What's the percentage yeah. of the bots that actually yeah, work? Yeah, they do. 85% of the bots out there do not work. Um, and so it would, some will work for a season and then it would stop, right? You know, mm -hmm. a guy told me how, you know, it was working for an institution and um, it worked for a period of, um, I think he said for a period of three weeks, but the investment they were putting in was like a million. What they were getting in profit was like $20,000, which just did not make any sense to me. You yeah. know, so I think it's really, really important that you understand whatever system you're choosing to use, understand how it works before you go for it. But, you know, um, bots would um, would swallow your money if you don't know what you're doing. Gotcha. That, nah, definitely. So, um, you know, I want to I want to keep keep the conversation going. Yeah. Um, you know, for you, what's some good AI robotic companies that you're looking at right now, maybe from a longer term investment standpoint? Obviously, you being in the space, you kind of understand things a little bit deeper. But what what's some good what's some good names out there that you think you know will be on the radar the next few years? I got your list, Lawrence. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we need that list. Most, Lawrence, most favorite uh, stock. Well, I don't know if it's still your favorite now, but it's Nvidia. Well, yeah. I, Nvidia and Tesla. Those are like yeah. Uh, Nvidia. Uh, yeah. So NVIDIA, like their cameras and stuff are being used for like self-driving cars and things like that. Mm -hmm. So NVIDIA, really, really good, um, really, really good choice. Uh, I use an NVIDIA developer kit, you know, and I've used NVIDIA to build robots. When I say robots, like actual, you know, robots, you mm -hmm. know, and stuff like that. So NVIDIA, Amazon, right? You know, Amazon is a really great company because they're using AI for personalized um, recommendations and things like that. Um, a majority of their tools, as a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know that Amazon Web Services was, um, you know, funded by Cyber, right? Which means like they really, really invested in research and development mm -hmm. and they're consistently looking at how to drive, you know, uh, innovation from an AI standpoint. You know, yeah. not just that, they're also acquiring a lot of companies in the process as well. You know, yeah. so Amazon is definitely another company to to take a look at. Of course, everybody knows um, Google, you know, um, and stuff like that. So Google is another company. You what's, say what? your, what's your take on, you know, you're, you're, you're hearing people talk about, well, chat GPT is going to take out Google. What's your take on that argument? I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a very interesting argument, um, uh, Lawrence. Like, you know, that tool is so powerful, quite frankly, right? 
like if you like there's just absolutely nothing you cannot you know ask mm -hmm. it but i'll but here's the thing that i think right like facebook google mm -hmm. all these other companies they have their chat gpt3 alternatives mm -hmm. like if you went on organ faces organ faces is an open source uh library for ai tools and stuff like that you would see roberta burr like a whole bunch of these companies are uh, currently invested in the language uh, model space, you mm. know. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like ChatGPT3 solves, you know, the problem of being able to get our answers, our, our, our questions answered directly, you know. Do you, do you think that it makes people lazy? Because that's an argument that some people are saying that it made that is well, obviously people because first, here's the thing, right? You know, when you take a look at literacy rates for kids, it's dropped tremendously. Yeah. So we have a lot of people who were kids, like even my age, that are really growing up because of things being able to be easily read to you via Audible, you know, things, you know, just kind of being right online, that people don't have those those skills that a lot of older people had that were really vital to your development as a young individual entering the workforce. What's your thoughts on that? Because you yeah. have a lot of people that are like, you know, I'm at work using ChatGPT. ChatGPT Chat GPT writes my emails. ChatGPT does this. ChatGPT does that. So I ain't got to do that anymore. And I see a, a, what I see happening right now is a lot of people are becoming codependent, you know, on to, on to um, you know, pretty much, you know, ChatGPT. And I think it's dangerous, right? If a lot yeah. of people become codependent onto it. And to your point, don't understand, you know, really necessarily how to use it, but then they're just using it and using it and using it. And I think you've seen that, you know, in these different shows and movies where the AI starts to rebel, the AI rebels because humans abuse it. It's not the initial, it's not that it initially rebels. No, it rebels once humans start to abuse it. So can we talk about proper practices when it comes to AI and how to make sure that when you're utilizing it, you're respecting it. Right, right. So to your point, to answer the first question, I think ChatGPT3 might have a high possibility of replacing Google in the sense that people will be more codependent on, mm -hmm. you know, a, a platform that basically answers their question directly. Mm -hmm. And to answer your your question, now like students can basically go online and um Ask ChatGPT three to answer their essay questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's a danger there. Uh, mm -hmm. But like about I think about a month ago, right? My daughter came to me and asked me to spell. And my daughter is um she's eight, so mm -hmm. she came to me and asked me to spell the I think the longest um what do you call it the longest word in the dictionary. Yeah. And I said I didn't even know what the longest word in the dictionary was. And so we're at the uh, Best Buy, and while we hit Best Buy, she was by Alexa, and so she said, "Alexa, will you, you know, tell Daddy, right, the longest word in the um, in the in the dictionary?" And so Alexa told me what the longest word is, and up to date, I can't even I can't even tell you what it is because I forgot, right? But you know, on one end, there is this disadvantage to it. But on the other end, you look at like the opportunity it creates for yeah. people who know maybe very little 
to learn a lot more, right? So I, I hear you and I hear you critically. And I actually believe that that's where the thin line is. There needs to be like, how do we balance this out, right? Yeah, so I know a group that started looking at uh, how to catch students, mm -hmm. you know, who basically use chat GPT-3 to do their essays, right? Like yeah. a group that is working on like being able to use, tell. yeah, to tell whether they are using chat GPT-3 or not. Like also in the paper world, I like to write papers. So I write like academic papers and stuff like that. I have a few publications out there. But now you can easily write like academic papers without necessarily. So how do you identify and how do you, you know, basically mm -hmm. nail down those people that are using it for uh, the negative reasons? So I agree with you 100% that one, we shouldn't be solely, you know, depending on it. There is a place for us being able to use our creative creativity to um, get things that we need and exercise our brain. It makes everything sound generic. Yeah. About it, like it's given a like, like you said, the create. Uh, you said an important word. You know, Chat GPT, as good as it is, eventually it starts to take away the creativity side of yep, it, right? Yep. Yep. You know, I'm talking to uh, my friend who does resumes. Her name is Jess. You remember her? She was on. Yep, yep. Yeah. So she was like that. People were using Chat GPT to do resumes. Yeah. People, uh, you know, the 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 hiring uh, managers and the recruiters they were sniffing right through it right saying like you know it just like so that's my part of it is like it works until it doesn't work right yep, we're yep. kind of taking shortcuts but yeah. yep yep i agree with you 100 i think you know where where it helps is those gaps those areas that you think you don't necessarily know as much of like for example if someone says oh you know wanted to ask chat gpt3 like, yeah. you know, um, would you, how can I better automate my finances, right? Like, you know, it yeah. would give you an answer or give you some suggestions. You know, I could drill down and get some help that way, you know. But at the end of the day, also, Lawrence, though, ChatGPT3 doesn't have the answer to all questions. Yeah. You know, so there, are, there have been instances where it's actually, um, you know, answered wrongly, you know, question. I remember when it just came out, I would ask a question and it would say, you know, something to the effect of forbidden or, you know, this is, um, you know, this have you seen, have you seen anything like this before? Like chat GPT, like, like maybe not released to the mass public or, or, or yes, maybe yes. it was. Like, yes, have, like, yes. So you've seen yes. stuff like this. Yeah. Okay. So I, I used in, in the past, I've used Allen NLP, uh, Allen NLP is Allen Natural Language Processing. It's okay. a website, you know, where they have all of these, all of those um, open source uh, applications I was telling you about, Roberta, Bert. And basically what you're able to do is, so for example, you and I can feed, you know, financial information into, mm -hmm. you know, this um, uh, Python script and it will train on this financial application. And it will help anybody who has any questions around that to be mm -hmm. able to get answers. So Allen NLP is one of those um, really, really good tools. And, you know, we've been looking at that for like, I don't know, for the past three or four years now. You yeah. know, um, so that's a group uh, that was um, created by one of the founders of uh, of Microsoft. So, yeah. Okay, got you. yeah. So I wanted to ask another question. You know, we're, we're growing up in the day and age where... Um, you know, you kind of went through this thing in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s where, you know, you could really go to college, get a good job, retire, and you'll be straight. But now people are saying that, you know, to be real, you know, kind of like everyone has an MBA. 
you know, so it's not like back in the 90s where if you got an MBA, it was like, uh, you know, it's kind of special. Now it's like, uh, well, the, the last person resume I looked at had an MBA. So kind of like people are kind of like, well, so what? Um, not to take away from anyone who has an MBA, you worked hard for that, definitely. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing is a lot of people are going to school and going to college at a high rate and getting three degrees, but still not really being paid what they probably should be paid. Absolutely. So, you know, you you hear a lot of people that's talking about, you know, you can get this certification, you can do this, you could do that. What's really some ways that, you know, overall we can get the kids involved, right? Because, you know, uh, what's some good programs, right, that we can put kids in at, you know, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe even a little bit younger if parents choose to, right, to really get them involved in these spaces and careers that really make money, right? Because, you know, you going to school to going to school to study and major in art, that's not going to bring no big checks home. Yep. Well, what we're talking about here right now, when it comes to AI, machine learning, all this chat GPT, software development, all of this stuff, how, what, what's some good, what's some good places that we can put these kids into, man, where they can get some education. And I think that this is something that, and I know me and you had conversation before. I really believe that if we not only take this investment information, but also this, like some people just don't even know that you can get like. They don't even know that Dr. Ayanu exists yep. and the things that you've done and been able to accomplish. You know, I I, I think it is something that we shouldn't gloss over because if other people put in the work, you know, we a lot more people in our community can accomplish these same things and get into these spaces. So I want to get your take on that. Yeah, great, great question, uh, Lawrence. You know, you 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 have been uh, have did public voice. You yeah. know, when it comes to financial literacy, right? Like. You you wear that like it's your it's you it's all it's all you are, but because you wear it that way, what happens? People come to you mm-hmm. to get that information, and yep. I think what we really need to do is to prepare our kids to be able to be that passionate mm-hmm. about what it is that they are doing. Because at the end of the day, like when I'm hiring somebody, I'm not necessarily looking for someone that has a certification. I'm looking for someone who knows how to do their stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, to your point, I think it's critical to one, and we talk about this a lot, you know, do things around your kids that get them inspired. Yeah. Right. You know, so they see, well, that is like going after finances. That is literally going after, like my, my kids know that I'm here right now having a conversation on chat GPT-3 AI and future mm-hmm. of investing, right? Yeah. You know, and they're going to ask me questions. So what does that even mean? You yeah. know, how can I connect with that? How can I do this? How can I do that? So some of the great programs, it would be the STEM programs. There's always a STEM program very close to you. So make sure to um, enroll your kids in a STEM program, right? Mm-hmm. Two, like make sure you get your kids doing some type of um extracurricular activities like you know either playing soccer or playing something that really challenges their brain to 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 be active right there are books on machine learning like my 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 daughter you know wrote uh you know this you know wrote a financial book you know so um and it's more of a joy to me that she can create that you know than it is that i'm even as involved in it because now i'm able to pass 
you know, uh, 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 that that's what Charles, Charles Coney saying also, never stop in your career, never get comfortable because people will always try to up one you multiple times. Exactly. Right. You know, so it's it's time now for us to begin to place our kids in places where they could actually learn, you know, where they could actually see what's going on. I take my kids to like ride pad where they see like the museum, the Air Force and you yeah. know, the kind of planes that have been made, who made them, when they made them, right? And stuff like that. I get them involved in how are cars made? Like, what are the things that bring the, bring cars together? What makes them happen? You know, my daughter started saying she wanted to learn calculus. I bought her a book, a, a comic book on calculus where she can learn. So I think one, there's a lot, a ton of resources out there in terms of books, you know, yeah. that I can share, you know, um, so, that's one, you know, get them connected with financial books, financial literacy books. Yeah. Uh, two is find a STEM program. There's a STEM yeah. program around you. Also, take them to YMCA. There's a lot of programs in YMCA that are being created right now. I was having a conversation. I think I told you this uh, while we're talking on the side, right? That like YMCA in Cincinnati had a program where they taught people how to, you know, trade and invest. Mm. And guess what? Uh, Lawrence invested $400 or $500 to each of those students that came for uh, for the class. Guess how many people used the money? None. None, None of them. Right? Wow. So it's really critical that, you know, the 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 foundation. Yeah, it's, it's about getting them more involved because the, the programs are out here, to, to your point. It's just about making it a priority to actually get them involved, right? Yep. Exactly. Because it's because it's out here. It's about taking an extra step to 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 Google search or to do that research yep. in your local area yep. and see what's around because more than likely it's it's already there if, it, yep. if it's not already or it's on the way there. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And another thing is also I think that you know we need to be able to track the progress that is made also as well. So as people like basically do work how do we track their progress to make sure they are actually doing what it is that they're saying you know that they're doing or what how our kids are actually doing what it is that they're saying they're doing and also incentivizing them you know like to to do it so for example my daughter gets a reward if she reads x amount of books you know yeah. but you know basically that encourages her to at least start and then when she gets started, if she likes it, she's like, oh, daddy, I really love this. I would like more. And then boom, you give her more, you know, and then you just keep, you know. Because I find it that too many times the technology nowadays are using the kids more than actually the kids are using it. That's so correct. I think that's, I think that's one of the dangerous games that's um, being played right now, because to be honest with you, majority of the kids have never not had technology where yeah. Yeah. You know, someone like yourself, you, you know, both sides of life with and without it. Yep. Um, and kind of for me more so I know both sides of it as well because technology was kind of in the innovation stage and was developing a lot more as I've been alive so I think it's in, you know it's super super imperative important and these are the careers in my opinion that are going to pay you know yep. uh, very similar this in the medical career the yep. medical careers obviously medical careers are always going to pay but yep. these are the are the are, are the are the top could you talk about because we've seen a huge surge of people working in tech or wanting to work in tech. And a lot of those people got sent home. And um, some people got sent home and, and, and kind of have a sour taste in their mouth. 
But I'm always the person that's very optimistic and I like to look on the bright side of things. I think that, yeah, these companies have realized that, um, you know, workforces were, were too big and too huge for the budgets that they had. Because if you think about it, right? If a if a company if a company like Amazon falls and loses a trillion dollars in market cap, you have to be crazy not to think that you know uh, you know there's not going to be layoffs or there's not going to be some sort of shakeup in the budget, right? Yeah. I yeah. said like just think just think about it. If if you lost a trillion dollars, I mean your lifestyle would probably change dramatically. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't quite understand why people think that companies can lose 200 billion, 300 billion or 400 billion and still, you know, operate the same. So I, I just think that, um, you know, I just think that it's, you know, something that, you know, I want to discuss and, and, you know, really want to talk about with you. Yeah, um, Lawrence, that's a really good point. Right. Because when those layoffs started happening, you know, uh, I had a conversation with a friend. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, it was like, you know, a lot of these companies have over overhired, right? Like mm -hmm. they were just basically when you invest in a technology company that basically hasn't built anything, they just sent you the, you just got a, like a PowerPoint or, you know, mm -hmm. a deck, you know, that explains what they're going to do. You are basically in, investing in a dream, right? And mm -hmm. so they keep building and they keep getting all this, you know, funding in and they keep growing and all that kind of stuff. And like, as you know, you know, as people gain interest in it, you know, the stocks start booming. And basically, a majority of these companies were really, in my in my opinion, just overvalued, quite frankly. Right. Yeah. You know, so like I think that it was really, really good that this happened, you know, because it actually helped to show what the re what it what the true reality is. And people can actually now see for themselves. Right. Like, you know, basically, this is what I'm investing in or. Maybe even the layoffs and all of that, you know, created an opportunity, right, for people yeah. to then go into something that actually has a bigger future, right? So I think it's really, really uh, for those that lost their job, you know, I'm so yeah. sorry that, that really, really happened. And I think many, th many times we think that, like, our job keeps us, you know, but your job never keeps you. Your job is not guaranteed. Right. That's the reason why we preach investment. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mark. Awesome. Hi, Mark. <laughs> you know, so that's the reason why we teach investment. That's a way of like basically getting involved from a passive standpoint. You know, while you're doing all the stuff you're doing, you know, take out a piece of it and put it in an investment because you never know. Like you'll be done with work, but then you still have that cash waiting. Yeah. No, nah, 100 percent. Because. You know, that was a question that I was getting a lot, you know, uh, you know, people asking, hey, is, you know, is AI, you know, going back to that point, you know, I just think overall companies, like you said, one is budget, but also companies realizing that, you know, certain careers may not be as necessary as other careers, um, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to because of the technology side and not just AI, but just overall their their total landscape, you know, as a company. So, I, you know, I definitely wanted to, you know, ask you that. Um, but also, also okay. Lawrence, AI, you know, and I'm going to say this because it's important for people to hear this. AI is going to disrupt a majority of the companies that we see today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's really, really important for people to pay attention to what AI is doing, you know, mm -hmm. what it's capable of doing and what companies are getting ahead of it, you know, making sure that that you know, because everything that everything that we're talking about, right? When we think about it, is whether it's smart cities, whether it's blockchain technology, whether it's Tesla, 
and and self-driving uh vehicles right all of that changes the game and the narrative yep. Yep. solar energy yep. uh, the development of of higher secured apps yep. banking especially banking i think banking oh digital yeah banking, it's right yep um you know soon there won't be a, soon there won't be tellers the yep. teller exactly the teller, the teller so but you know a lot of this stuff didn't just happened like let's just say in 2022 or 2023 right this stuff has been in the development and you could speak to it for past probably my my whole life i'm 23 yeah. Yeah. my whole life this yeah. stuff has been in the even before yeah so my phd my master's dissertation was in ai right and this was like 11 12 years ago do you mm -hmm. understand what i'm saying yeah. like and we're talking about the exact same thing we're talking about now like i have a ton of papers online you know google it you know, you'd see it, right? And it's all on AI and all of that kind of stuff. So within the past six months, it's just gone like, woof, and everybody's, you know, screaming and talking about it. But this has been happening for over a decade. You get what I'm saying? So my thing is, I'm always thinking ahead. So, okay, AI is now, but what's going to happen after? What's what's next? You know, what 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 is going to be the build up from the tools that we are seeing you know, happen now, and what industries should we be positioning ourselves to go into based off of where we see that future going? So, I, I think that's where my that's where my headspace is. I've left the AI bandwagon. I'm like, okay, you know what? What's 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 coming next? Like, mm -hmm. you know, what are we going to be able to use these data sets to be able to do? You know, I'm looking at correlations that exist between one industry and the other. Like, how would something happening in this industry impact this other industry to create this catalytic effect and what would that look like you know what what systems would need to be built to be able to make that happen you're talking about sensors right you know in your petrol you know petrol stations how are we going to use you know uh, uh tools or sensors to be able to predict things that we never were able to predict before yeah there was, there were, what was that um what was that movie it was eagle eye mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. where have you seen that movie no, no. But tell okay. me about it. Yeah. So Eagle Eye. So it was basically like it was this central AI system that was pretty much located in, in D.C. It was it was a headquarters. But this AI was able to predict like traffic accidents. Yep. Right? It was yep. able to predict like just a bunch of stuff. Yep. So it just always kind of knew everything that was happening all the time. Yep. Eagle exactly. Eye. And it was kind and and it, and it, and it was. It was made. Uh, I forgot what year it came out. It might have been about maybe eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, if I remember. Um, but it was something that opened my eye, um, you know, really to, you know, just artificial intelligence. And yep. there's some dangers to it, but there's also some huge use cases to it. Yep. My first and my first encounter with I won't say first, but my first kind of wearisome was when I watched Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. It came out in 2003, and that was when John Connor was locked in the bunker and the bombs dropped, and you know Skynet took over. Um, that was really my wearisome because I seen that the United States military going into Skynet was utilizing, right? Was utilizing, um, you know, actually, you know, AI technology and Skynet, and it started off as just a project right the just a project that they were going to use and implement into military force 
and into their whole military strategy. But then the AI started thinking for itself yep. and used all that military equipment against yep. them. So could you talk about that? Um, you know, those two different things. What I mentioned to you with Eagle Eye and Uncle Charles mentioned it did come out in 2008 and it did yep. have my, one of my favorite actors, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're talking about general general artificial intelligence, right? Like basically, you know, from this is not it yet, right? You know, basically we're gonna move into this space where you know AI will be self-aware, which means it, it will be able to. Someone owes me thank you because I told you someone was gonna. Because yeah, I mentioned Scott. <laughs> Right. You know, so I, I, I really, you see what I really think, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, like if you look at the military today, you know, and again, this is not this is just my personal you know, opinion. Um, when when anyone on the chat has the time, look at neuromorphic chips. You know, these are small, tiny chipsets that are being built, you know, today by Intel. Uh, I think there's this called Leo He or something like that. And basically what these chips are able to do is, you know, you can stop them, you know, put them in cars, you know, you can use them to detect like when, you know, maybe an accident is supposed to happen and all that kind of stuff. I think at the end of the day, uh, Lawrence, that's where my headspace is. My headspace mm -hmm. is in like basically how we're able to, you know, smart cities, for example, right? Imagine where where your your traffic, you could know what's going on with traffic. You could correlate yeah. that information with going what's going on in the house. You could correlate that information to create what creating what they call digital twins, right? So a digital twin twin is a virtual copy of basically a physical environment where you can actually basically generate synthetic data, right? To try mm -hmm. to understand what could potentially happen in those environments. And I think, yeah. yes, it has some, you know, um, dangers to it. Uh, but again, I think as we look into the ethical aspects of it, you know, uh, which a lot of people are doing, even myself, I'm actually doing a lot of research in this space. My current research is in the area of fairness, you know, and not just fairness, like handling biases and, you know, identifying, you know, what could potentially go wrong, go wrong. You know, I'm also very interested in like policy conversations around this specific space. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of developments. There's this company that comes to that, that I just forgot basically was coming to mind earlier. You know, it's uh, they do like drones and, you know, a lot of stuff in that in that specific space. I think being able to have these systems that can help monitor like adversaries adversaries you know will be really really cool right like places like uh arizona you know that today in arizona you know there are places where people have to fly to take their kids to school and sometimes when flying yeah it's interesting you know uh sometimes when flying you know they get stuck you know mm -hmm. in between clouds and they can go forward, not go backward. And, you know, they just, they're just there stuck. And a lot of people have lost their lives, you know, um, through those kind of, you know, incidences, wow. right? So imagine having an AI that, like, it's out there picking predict that stuff. to predict what might happen. You know, exactly. so those, are the, those, are the, those are the things that really, really get me really excited because that's where yeah. like, we're actually saving lives. We're improving. Yeah, I think about that, the same thing. To, uh, like traffic control right yep. that's why yep. i really like i like tesla a lot because i think it will minimize i'm not saying that but i think it will help minimize the amount of accidents that we see on the road 
Correct. Like you think about how many fatal accidents we have. Correct. You know, on a day to day, month to month, year to year basis. And it's Correct. crazy. Correct. So if we're able to, if this technology is able to really help in that aspect, I, like, like I said, I, I really like it. So I think that overall investing in whether it's cybersecurity, machine yep. learning, AI, yep. and not just from an investment standpoint of your dollars, but I'm intrigued to really learn this stuff a lot more too because to be real with you growing up they didn't always you know you didn't have the the coding classes and different yeah. things always readily available yeah there, in certain areas yes but but not every area so i think that in my opinion every adult right now should probably go take some sort of coding even if you don't plan to go into the space be working a job or whatever but knowing how to do these things i think is you know going to really add some you know some advantages to you because this is really the way the world is moving. And I think the more that you understand this, the the better that you could build. Um, yeah. so we got a couple we got a couple seconds and um, here left. I wanted to allow you to give some closing remarks, you know, give some people some tips, some notes to pretty much close us out, things that they can go and tangibly do. Um, and we look forward to having you back here again, man. Oh, an, yeah. hour, an hour is just not enough with the doc, man. <laughs> uh, definitely. Go ahead. First of all, Lawrence, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on here. Um, and thanks to the Come Up series. And I see Mark, you know, thank you guys so much um, for having me here. You know, um, thanks for it. You know, I don't take that um, for granted at all. Um, two, you know, um, anywhere I get the opportunity to share my experience, you know, my hope is that it challenges someone and encourages someone to push, you know, push the limits, right? So, I always say, if I can do it, you can do it as well. Like, basically, I started, you know, with no access to computers, right? I grew up in the, <laughs> in Africa, you know, um, in Nigeria, to be specific, you know, and I had no access to computers. My first um, computer exam was a disaster. Um, wow. And so basically going from there to saying, like, I'm really, like, my scores made me more curious about, like, how do I become better? How do I grow? That kind of a thing. So I want to encourage everyone to like just start. Like you don't necessarily need to be um, yeah, exactly. You know, just all you need is motivation. Just be motivated to do it. And also, if you're interested in like learning how to code or you know all that kind of stuff, feel free to to reach out. You know, um, I have like resources for people that are outside um, of America that are listening. Um, you know, have some partnerships outside where you can actually get some courses for free. So feel free um, to reach out. You can connect with Lawrence. Lawrence would always, you know, um, you know, get with me, you know, and stuff like that. With, re with regards to companies, you know, um, I think that, you know, it's really important to really study where AI is going and use that to inform where, you know, basically these companies will be going. So Microsoft, another one to look into, they are building this HoloLens mixed reality, uh, mixed reality um, devices. And these mixed reality, reality devices are gonna create a, an abundance of applications, right? Applications in education, applications all across. So HoloLens, do your research on it, you know, and figure out like how it works, you know, where it's going, you know, how it might be important uh, for the future because MR, VR, AR, all of that spaces will really, really evolve over. Yeah, virtual reality, I think is going to be huge. Like, it's crazy because, you know, I used to watch this show. Like, when I was, uh, it came out in 2003, I was like four. And the mm -hmm. show was called Cold Lyoko. And mm -hmm. it was basically where, you know, you had some teenage kids, you know, they went to boarding school. 
but then they found this factory and they were able to go into a virtual world right and so think about that in 2003 yep. compared to now in 2023 you're talking about 20 years ago and now people are actually able to go in a virtual world and play games and fight and you know whatever right so yep. it's just yeah you know I mean, imagine, imagine doing an excursion in singapore with a friend right like basically you guys are in you know the mixed reality or virtual yeah, reality exactly. world. But yeah. you guys are literally walking the streets of Singapore together. It's exactly. just crazy. It's mind blowing. So, yeah. um, you know, the adoption of it is um, it's pretty in its early it's in its early stages. But um, this this is the future. Like basically, this is the future, and uh, a lot of those AI tools are going to be integrated into a bunch of these um, uh, uh, devices. And there's going to be a huge, huge, huge possibility there. So, you know, that's uh, that's that's all I got. Um, thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate you. Yep. Nah, definitely, man. We want to thank you, bro. We appreciate you coming on. Where can people uh, drop your Instagram and um, you know your uh, anything that you want to drop your Twitter? Um, yeah, drop drop that info so people can go ahead and follow you, connect with you, and as well as your LinkedIn. A lot of people were asking about how they can connect with you on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so, yep. let me drop that real quick. Yeah, uh, I'll allow you to drop that. And while we uh, while Doc does that and wraps up, you know this is um, you know this is the, pretty much the last episode of January. Um, so shout out to Doc for coming on February. We're going to have some exciting guests on as well. And then also February, you know, we're actually uh, I'll actually be outside again um, on a Black History Month tour coming to some of you guys cities. Uh, all of these classes are completely free. Philadelphia, we're coming. D.C., we're coming back. Uh, Detroit, what up, though? We're coming back. And then uh, NYC will be in Brooklyn for a couple of days. So excited. Definitely excited. Make sure you guys follow Doc. Uh, make sure you guys tune in tomorrow for Mark's show. And uh, we got some more people coming here to the Come Up series to offer you pretty much value. Uh, it soon, it'll be, it looks like it'll be almost Monday through Thursday at, at some point, uh, maybe even a Friday. We'll keep you guys posted on that. But you guys, man, definitely, you know, I want to highlight and um, thank, the, thank the doctor again and thank all of you guys. Continue to like, share these videos. Uh, we want to continue to grow this audience and, you know, continue to add value, as much value as possible. So, uh, we appreciate you guys very much. And this was another episode of Monday Night Take. And um, we appreciate y'all. See you guys next week. Peace. See you. Thanks again.